Hello and welcome to the brand new episode of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. This is episode 146. I am still using 4G, so again, I put the disclaimer that things could get messy, but we'll figure it out and hopefully the edit won't sound too jarring once I've managed to get that done. But I am joined by the usual team, so hello Anton, first of all. I'm switching it around. Oh, hello Mike. How are you doing? It's great to be back. It kind of feels like this is our first proper episode of the year episode 145 was kind of like a special because we had so much news and it was our first one back for season four and it was all very exciting this is like a nice calm episode out it's nice i'm I'm sure it it will be it certainly we've got a little bit less to talk about which is quite nice it means we can give things a proper amount of time to talk to to talk through but uh yeah i apologize in advance if i'm a bit grumpy in this episode i mean i know i'm always grumpy i'm sort of famous for being a bit grumpy but yeah i overslept this morning something that mike has no concept of what that means absolutely not. probably does i don't know but yeah i just overslept this morning it's put me in a bad mood for the whole day and i'm just going to carry on the grump so this could be fun mm, yeah yeah well, i'm going to be too on brand i can't believe this alistair <laughs> <laughs> well we will try and keep the content jovial at the very least and uh, alistair can add his usual garumph that he does normally but that's garumph. fine um i uh have a couple of bits and pieces of to go through before we get started. First of all, uh, thank you to Higpixel for an updated review. Uh, Higpixel left us a lovely five-star review and has got back to us to thank us for uh, reading out our uh, the review that we did and also to tell us a bit about some of the games that they're playing and some of the ones that they're not liking. So thank you, huge thank you to you for your continued support. Remember, leaving reviews really helps us uh, with with um, charts and with people checking out the podcast. The best way to leave a review is if you go to the Apple podcast app that's uh, probably the best place to actually leave reviews and uh, we'll read them out if we see them on there and if you want to email us you can do that too uh, a different way you can just what's the email address again Al? It is podcast at nsukp.co.uk that comes direct to well me uh, and I think most of the time I'm quite friendly when I reply. Yeah I mean yeah you have to be because you know it's uh, it's the yin to your yang you're, you're the yin in your emails and the yang on the podcast but what I would also like to say is a huge welcome to a brand new Patreon. We do. We need to do a nice big Patreon shout out woohoo to Veronica who's joined us this week. Which is awesome. Thank you so much for signing up to support the show. Um, I know we say this all the time, but we genuinely really do love it when, when we get support. It just, it, it tickles our, our hearts and warms us and, you know, gives us the warm squiggly feelings because, you know, we, we don't do this for any commercial reasons. We just do this for fun. And then when people sign up to help us make it, it just, it's, it's awesome. We just put all that money straight back into the show and do fun competitions like we did. With uh, with the Super Mario All Stars, uh, no, not Super Mario All Stars, yeah. Mario Party All Stars, whatever it was called, that one, yeah. yeah, we did that. Superstars, giveaway, that, that giveaway, that was a great giveaway, and we managed to give away uh, two copies: one to our patrons who get a special version of the competition, and one to everybody else that listens to the podcast. So, um, we'll hopefully be doing more things like that as the year goes by, and also our patrons get loads of extra stuff, including mugs uh, for the top tier people, and about nine extra podcasts a month, or eight extra podcasts a month, and a bunch of other stuff as well uh, so you can go and check out nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us come and support us and uh, that would be well we really do appreciate it as Al said we only do this because we love the Nintendo Switch and we love doing it and we love our brilliant community which is has been very active this week it's been fantastic to say just that we mentioned as well from one of our Patreons Scotty who has a YouTube uh, channel called Marathon Gaming uh, is it Marathon Gaming is that the actual title Anton? Indeed, yeah, and uh, I've got to say, I've been loving the evolution of his content. Um, had a little bit of a reband, I believe, a couple months back, and yeah, especially loving the pickup uh, videos where yeah. you know, finding all of these retro deals. It makes me wish I was out there hunting as uh, vigilantly as him. Yeah, well, I, I saw, uh, I watched one today actually, and he gave us a big shout out as well, and uh, it was great. It was really, I was, I was looking forward to seeing what he was going to open next. I love how many games he has, and his little games room is like really. Like I, I'm jealous. I watch it green with envy, much like when I see Anton's collection. I sort of look at it and go, "I can't compete, babies." <laughs> Basically, Al. <laughs> yeah, I know. To be fair, anytime I sort of look at Anton, either his background or his phenomenal hair, they all make me jealous. So, yeah, true. Yep. <laughs> true. Uh, before we get started this week, just a quick note on what we've been playing. Al, what have you been playing this week? 
Um, not much, actually, is honest answer to that. I did get a teeny tiny little bit of uh, Mario Party in, because why wouldn't you? Mario Party is awesome. And I did pick up... Oh, I've got it going right in my head. Um, so I was playing on the Xbox, but it's either out or coming to the Switch. Indie game, you are a Reaper running around. Anton will probably know exactly what it is. It's Felix, a little bird. The Reaper? No, no, it's like d- Death something. Oh, Death Door? De- Death Door. Death Door, that's what I was playing. And it's been quite good. I'm quite enjoying that. Oh, feel Nice. Uh, what about you, Anton? Um, yeah, with the upcoming Portal Companion Collection, <sighs> I've nice. been doubling down on Bridge Constructor Portal. I was already kind of near the end of the game, so it's getting quite hard and I'm having to fine-tune my creations pixel by pixel now at this stage. And yeah, having lots of fun. I've recently found out that the DLC is on sale right now, it so is. I think it's about £2.50 Ridiculous proficiency. Um, so I highly recommend that. To be honest, the game itself I think is like four sixty on the eShop right now. So if you haven't picked it up, it seems like a cheap tie-in, but it's actually a really smart bend melding of worlds. It works far better than it has any right working. And yeah, I've just been really loving that. So just I think I'm like level fifty out of sixty, and then I'm moving on to the DLC, and my brain is nice. slightly collapsing inwards, imploding. Yeah. It's, it's it's a bit messy. Funny you mentioned that because I've been on the sale today and i have picked up a couple of things which i'll talk about in a future episode once i've tried them out but uh, one of them i was looking at and haven't yet picked up is bridge constructor portal which i've had my eye on since probably day one but haven't committed to so now that you said that i'm wondering if i add it to my collection while the price is low i probably will knowing me um i've also ordered a physical copy of kingdoms of kingdom of amalur you know the um the big rpg Mm, um it's down to 19 pounds on amazon right now and it's i've been fancying an rpg but i'm not quite sure what i want to play and i've had my eye on this one for a long time and it gets well reviewed a lot of people say really good things about it so i'm going to give that a go and for my other half for valentine's day i bought her uh, spiral <laughs> spiral's collection which is a, <laughs> it's a good pickup um but i have been playing um a little indie title called coffee talk which is uh i guess a um sort of coffee making conversation game so you are running a bar that only opens after midnight well it's a a coffee shop and people come in and they have their stories of their lives and they tell you what's going on and other people come in and interrupt them and chat to them and you're kind of just serving the coffee and listening to the stories and getting to know people and that is really it it's kind of like a interactive kind of bit visual novelly in some ways bit more interactive you get to actually make the coffees which is fun so you gotta they'll say to you say it's a bit like Valhalla in that way actually they'll say things like I want to um, something sweet but nothing too bitter and then you have to look at your collection and go oh I can make this and that's two coffees and one milk or whatever so it's um, it's a bit of fun um, very very easy going game and something that is the kind of perfect Sunday morning game so I was playing it actually Saturday morning but you know it's a Sunday morning game and a little bit more on Black Flag played a bit of Mario Kart this week as well and yeah that's where we are while we're talking about it I have, I have regret Mike what from the the purchase that you made very quickly when i told you so let's just set the scene here on one of our episodes for our patreons which isn't actually out yet for our patreons but will be around at the same time as this one um we do a deals of the week section where we talk about all the things that are on sale and any real kind of good quality physical versions as well and there's a mario kart cart the 48 courses on shop2.com has um has the 48 courses as the DLC for, for £16. So rather than having to upgrade the um, your online to the Plus version, you can buy the courses separately as a kind of download. What's the regret in that, Al? I'm kicking myself for not just holding off and just getting the expansion plus because I'm probably going to get the expansion plus anyway. That's what I said to near you. Future. I literally said those words. I know you did, but I was just so swept up in the price. It was just such a good price. I was like, oh, I'm going to go and grab it before it disappears. And then after I thought, wait a minute, that was that was dumb. Well, here's one <laughs> one positive, Anton. You can back me up on this. If you ever decide not to go for the expansion pack and now you don't have to stick with it just because you want those courses on Mario Kart because you want them. So that's a plus, isn't it, Anton? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I won't lie. I'm kind of with yourself, Mike. I, I would have... Uh, which has got on the expansion pack. To be honest, I think it's, to be honest, quite a good value, especially if you are an older gamer that's played a game that came out before 2000. You'll have a whale of a time with all the N64 games and the Animal Crossing expansion pack, and I feel like we'll be seeing a couple more coming along in there. So, yeah, it's... I'm, 
I feel like they've just got that there with a price tag to be like, oh yeah, the expansion pack, you know, it's got X amount worth of value. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Al. It, but the, you I took know. an L. The cool Buyer's thing, I mean, remorse. You are, you, I must admit that before we kind of talked about, is it worth expanding to the expansion pack version of online? And actually now... I absolutely think it is. You're buying a side, Al, which I still don't think well, you'll regret because those courses are going to be absolutely fantastic. And whatever happens, you now don't have to rush to get that expansion. You can get it when you've got a break in your gaming. So that's a good thing. But um, I do think it's incredible value now, really. When you th- consider the N64 games, the fact that they are adding more, the f- we're seeing them do that. Then they bring out something like Earthbound, which I think is fantastic. That's included in there too. Um, the other, the original Earthbound game as well is in there, and I think we're going to see more. So actually, I think now it's it's amazing how so, something so small, like a few things, can suddenly change everyone's perception of it. It was really the opposite two months ago, and now everyone's like, "That's a great value." So it has changed, I think, Al. Yeah, I completely agree, and I'm just looking at it, thinking what else is going to come along. I mean, I suspect there's going to be DLC comes along probably for the uh, Mario Party also, uh, Superstars. You'll probably get DLC for some of the other games. They've supposedly stopped doing more expansion DLC for Mario Golf, but you know what? I can see stuff like that just dropping down the line, just appearing on there. Nintendo will probably use it as the, the place to get the DLC for their first party games, and yeah. I think that's a really, really good value proposition. I just I'm just kicking myself but mm. as you say it means I don't need to rush to get expansion packs no. so I do get the benefit of it and at the end of the day it was £16 which is still a phenomenal value for 48 courses it is it is it's um, it's well we, we talk about the direct a lot in our direct special go and listen to it now if you haven't listened to it even if you watch the direct get our thoughts on it and uh, we chat about things in much more depth so well worth listening to but with that let's get on to this week's news tell us the people want to know first up MIG Games MIG no, Mega Games. I can't read from here. <laughs> I'm going Mega Games. I don't remember them. <laughs> Mega Games have announced Forest Grove for the Nintendo Switch. It's a sci-fi crime scene investigation coming Q3 2022. Now, um, definitely, I'm a fan of crime. I'm a fan of sci-fi. Am I going to be a fan of this, Anton? Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to say. You know, we've got a lot coming on. I think visually, you know, this does look fairly well done. Um, you know, there's a lot of polish. The voiceover in the trailer had me kind of intrigued as to the content of the title. I don't know how interactive it will be, and that's the part that's got me a little bit apprehensive. But overall, it seems like a fairly promising title, and yeah, I think as long as they're not too egregious with the price, I could be I could be swayed. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I, it looks like it would probably be a good budget title, but it also doesn't look like it's doing anything new. There's there's elements you can see from other games all over the place. You're basically using uh, advanced nanotech to recreate things that have already happened, and you're basically just... You're not going through the motions, but you know, you see the shadow of this thing here, you go investigate it, it turns out you then flesh out the story a bit more, and there's nothing particularly new that I've seen. Just scrolling through phones to figure out things... It, if the, as Anton says, if they don't charge too much, it's probably going to be a solid, fun, fine game. But I don't think it's going to be breaking any moulds. What, what do you think of it, Mike? I forgot that Grumpy Al was here tonight. Negative. No, do you know what? Actually, in this case, I kind of see where you're coming from. It is one of those that could be, it could go either way, really, because. As you say, if they can bring in some mechanics that are cool and a bit different, then yes, I think this could be really good. We have seen a lot of these kind of crime investigation type games and they're quite hard to pull off, I think. You know, to get them done well, it's a tough call. And then adding the sci-fi element, that could be good. I'm intrigued to see more. I'm sitting on the fence with this. A bit like you, I think price is going to be really important and in terms of the gimmick and how they're going to present, this is really, really key as well. But... We'll keep an eye on it. It's coming out in Q3 uh, 2022, so we've got a little bit later in the year until we see, which I, I suspect is going to mean that we're going to get more of uh, more of an idea the further down the line we go. But we shall keep an eye on it. Next up, Firechick have announced Super Dungeon Maker for the Nintendo Switch. You can build dungeons to protect sacred artifacts left by a bird goddess. No date, uh, Al. Yeah, uh, so this is, I suppose, halfway house between Super Mario Maker which everyone wanted, and Super Zelda Maker, for want of a better word, that everyone wanted but never got. So uh, it's kind of a cool little idea. I mean, you basically just build dungeons, you share them around, and you play a what looks like a little chick or a duck, or I don't know what it's supposed to be, but you run around and complete the dungeons. What's not to like about it?
Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, you know, I was quite impressed for this game. You know, it has very much the kind of what I think people wanted from the kind of dungeon builder in Link's Awakening. However, what I think this game does better than, let's say, the Dungeon Maker in Link's Awakening or Super Mario Maker 2 is how much it weaves the story of, you know, the game with building. You know, there is a, a purpose to your building because I know for some people, it's like, oh, why am I just going to make levels for other people? I want to play a game. And they've kind of gamified the building process, which I'm, I'm very impressed by, Mike. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there are definite potential signs of this being something um, that could be really cool. I, it's it's a weird one because for me, again, I, I can never be bothered with any of the makers really now, whereas I can see when I was younger, I could see the real appeal in it. So I'm not looking at this as someone that's, you know, maybe not going to put the time and effort into this kind of... Um, kind of game but i think there might be an audience for it and we've seen it with some of the other types of games that do similar things that there is so um yeah i'm um it's an, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one um would you is it the kind of thing you would do anton would you sit and create dungeons and things not um, real dungeons I w- <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> uh, you you found out my my weekend plans oh, no. uh, <laughs> um you know it's hard to say because Super Mario Maker 2 is so good. Um, so it, it would need to be at a fair price. I think this would be a great game for a demo. Uh, I know they wouldn't do one, but it would be great. I think I would just need a, a little bit of a taste. Maybe even a Let's Play. Yeah. I think I, mm-hmm. I need a little bit more to kind of convince me, but maker S games like your City Skylines and all that stuff, if the, the fine mechanics get me i i do get hooked by them pretty bad so uh it doesn't bode well for the podcast <laughs> yeah that could be it that could be it next up nancon have announced zorro the chronicles for nintendo switch it's an action adventure game obviously based on zorro as in mask of zorro coming out in uh on in june 2022 i kind of i've i'm hoping this is good because i think zorro is a kind of cool character i think there's a lot about zorro to like and i think in a video game context zorro could be really cool i have my concerns about this um i haven't to be honest i haven't seen an awful lot i just worry whenever there's a tie-in i sort of go oh no what are they going to ruin what are they going to do with this but um what's your take on it anyway al uh well okay so let's let's start off with the fact that this is it's a game of a cartoon so uh in france is a zorro cartoon and this is the game of that cartoon so already we're kind of pitching it at a certain audience and when you look look at the game you can tell it is aimed at a younger audience it's not supposed to be a game that you or i are probably likely to go out and get but if you look at it with the lens of a first entry into the world of open world 3D platform type ideas. Okay, it's not really open world, but you know, a 3D platform. Um, It does make sense. The mechanics do look kind of clunky and a bit slow, but if you're just young and you're learning the game, that's probably perfect. You don't want to be having to go super fast. It looks over the top. It looks fun and funny. And I actually think it's maybe got a bit of potential, so long as you look at it from the right angle. What do you think, Anton? Yeah, you know, this is a, a title that when I first looked at it, the kind of clearest cut uh, comparison that came to mind was of that most recent Samurai Jack game of, you know, it's, you know, a simple children's s game, but, you know, done well. You know, there's nothing in here where it's like, oh, yeah, that's some popping. You know, it's fairly clean. It's well put together. Um, I don't think... I would find too much fun in it. It almost combat-wise feels like a slower version of the older Assassin's Creed games. And yeah, I I don't think we're going to be falling in love with it. And to be honest, I think too many 
account of experienced gamers will probably just not really enjoy it too much. But I could see people getting into this and then it being a gateway into kind of more larger titles, as you kind of alluded to, Al. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, I, it's I'm interested. I'm interested, and you say it's for kids, but yeah, I kind of like some games that are quite straightforward <laughs> to be honest sometimes i like <laughs> it's good for small brains like me next up Yu-Gi-Oh! master jewel has hit 10 million downloads in three weeks that's quite incredible we were talking about a few games and the sort of numbers they've done but Yu-Gi-Oh! we know uh has a massive following so maybe not the most surprising anton yeah it's bizarre you know this is a, a franchise that's had a couple games on the switch already and has had games since the PlayStation 1 and uh, something about the the free-to-play nature combined with how well this game has uh, applied itself in the Twitch market especially has allowed it to blow up um, unlike any of its previous entries and yeah it's kind of bizarre Konami has a big esports and kind of Twitch followed game for once uh, it's unique to see Konami get themselves into that position and you know, I think where all games as a live service live or die, it'll be how well they can support this game going forward, which I think with it being card-based and, and that method should be something that's on the easier side to maintain over the long term. So, yeah, I have a feeling we might be seeing this game floating around for a wee while. Yeah, I mean, it is worth pointing out that that is 10 million downloads across all the platforms that the game is released on. And it is on a vast array. I mean, it's on iOS, it's on PS4, PS5, Android, the Switch, Xbox, Windows, the well, actually both the current and the ex- former ex- uh, Xbox generation. So it's in a lot of places, which does make it slightly easier to rack up big numbers like that. But either way, it is still very impressive. Hugely impressive. 10 million is uh, not to be sniffed at. And in three weeks as well, which is really incredible. Next up, Pokemon Legends Arceus has been given a weird telenovela advert. <laughs> I don't, I haven't seen the <laughs> advert. I haven't watched it, but I'm assuming you have, Al. I have, yeah. So it's it's there's a series. They've so far, I think, made three um, adverts for Arceus, and they've got like puppets. I guess the closest description is like a Muppet of Pokemon type thing. And the first one they released was like a cooking show where there was this Pokemon running around snaffling food from a chef who got irate, and it was very much like you know a spoof of a cooking show. And then the second one they released was uh, like a spoof of the Antiques Roadshow, where someone brought in this ancient. Pokeball and they opened it up and this huge fish thing came out and destroyed everything and it was kind of hilarious. So this is just the next in the sequence where they're just parodying all these old different TV formats in adverts and this one is the the stereotypical over-the-top Spanish drama with everyone overacting and flair left, right and centre. Uh, and it's fun! It's fun! I, I quite like these. Have you seen them, Anton? Indeed, I, I, I love it. You know, it's great. I feel like we've kind of gotten into a bit of a, a route rut with gaming commercials where it's either lifestyle of this is you playing the games in real life you know you've got friends and family and you you can play games around them or it's like a flashy montage of tons of gameplay with some cool music and this reminds me of like the you know 90s and early 2000s where you know the games weren't quite cool enough to show so you mix in some live action in there it's dumb I love it and um, you know it's a nice way to bring in some you know, the last few people that haven't picked up a Pokemon game yet. It's a good way to, to turn them around. Mm. Didn't like CGI Pikachu? Well, here we've got Felt Pikachu. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> There's one thing we've not seen yet is Felt Pikachu, because the three Pokemon they've picked, I'm, I mean, I don't know that much about the, the later generations, but I don't recognise any of them. I don't know if they're all exclusively yeah. from Arceus. Yeah, one of them was just like a dog. And I was like, wow, they got dog Pokemon this time. Cool. I mean, you know, that, that's another way to get people in, isn't it, really? <laughs> All right, next up, Octopath Traveler, champions of the Continent mobile game, is coming to the West in 2022. Now, we were just talking uh, before the show about Fire Emblem Heroes and how much money that made in the five years since it launched. I think it was, uh, we were saying it was one over $1 billion in revenue. So it's not really a surprise that mobile gaming is kind of potentially coming in the format of Octopath Traveler. It's just going to be interesting how they do that, Al, and whether this is going to be heavily monetized or what's going to be the plan. Well, we kind of already know because this game has been around in Japan for a while. It, it launched and was a huge success. It had something like 10 million downloads in a very short space of time, actually, in Japan. It came out in October 2020, so it's 
kind of a tried and tested game. They've just never rolled out here. Um, but they have now announced that the West is going to get a Western release of it in full English. I think there's a Facebook page or something about it, I gather. Um, and I, bl- I believe it's a really good game. Uh, I don't know if you've looked into any more depth, Anton, have you? Um, no, it's just uh, I'm kind of interesting to see Square Enix investment within of the Octopath Traveler franchise. It's one that I think had you know medium-ish love you know there's some people that were like this is really solid and then some people are just sick of seeing it in directs and here it is making a, a big a big splash this year in 2022 for getting the mobile game over here in the west yeah it's uh, gonna be interesting to see how it does do over here and how it translates as well to the western market next up the uh, regulatory regulatory issues have prevented nvidia's 40 billion dollar purchase arm tell us a bit about this one anton it's a lot of money 40 billion dollars yeah, so there was originally intentions of NVIDIA buying the British, uh, I guess, instruction set company ARM. We previously talked about this in a podcast because, you know, NVIDIA, um, especially in the mobile space, main contributions are the Nintendo Switch. And ARM is the biggest company in of that space. Um, you know, all of Qualcomm and Apple Silicon is based on the ARM instruction set. But yeah, due to regulatory issues, it looks like it's not going ahead. So, uh, does to do with having a monopoly? Is that the kind of reason? Yeah, that that would mainly be the the main concern there. Which you know, there's only so many people making um, you know silicon on the scale of Nvidia and ARM. So it makes sense that it's been blocked. I would say, Al. Yeah, it's not a big surprise. I mean, as soon as they announced the deal, all the competitors were basically up in arms, which then got the attention of all the regulators. <laughs> uh, it got the attention of all the regulators who, I think around the planet pretty much, they all said, oh yes, we're going to look at this deal. So it was never really likely to happen. But simultaneously, there was also a sort of an outstanding legal battle which had to be sorted over in China with a joint venture that ARM was in that was, oh, it, it was complicated. There were many, many reasons why this didn't go ahead. But the, that's kind of good news for us because the Nintendo chips are... But they're NVIDIA, but they're still licensed. They're still ARM te- architecture. They're licensed by NVIDIA. And ARM will continue to license uh, technology to NVIDIA for, I think, it's another five years off the top of my head. Right. But they also license thing uh, their designs to tons of other chip makers around the world. That's ARM doesn't make anything. They just do designs and they license them out. So it does mean that we can continue to benefit from their good work, hopefully in next iterations of the Switch. Wonderful. Also, uh, news this week, we heard about Kit and Krista's exit from Nintendo. Well, Nintendo Minutes, Kit and Krista are starting their own podcast and uh, that's been uh, announced, which is excited to see this actually on Twitter. It's going to be called, uh, imaginatively, the Kit and Krista podcast. Uh, so it'll be good to have the second best Nintendo podcast out there soon, which would be nice, Al. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. It's like, well, we shouldn't be talking about this. We're advertising the competition. <laughs> well, unless we invite what? them on you... to come and have a chat with us about it, you know? Well, like, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Let's face it. They, everyone has a big soft spot for them. It was very sad when the uh, Nintendo... Uh, Oh gosh, it's gone right in my head. What's it called again? Nintendo Minute. Not Minute. Life. Minute. That's the one when it kind of came to a very sudden close. So it's not a big surprise that they've decided to pick it up and do a podcast with it. And I wish them luck. Just wish us more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of um, excited to see how they portray themselves post Nintendo in the same way. It's been fun to see Reggie just floating around doing his own thing. Uh, you know, Will they be more outspoken about Nintendo? Will they still be super fanboys? Uh, I presume both. Uh, (laughs) It's exciting to see it. Uh, I wonder if they'll get any special treatment. I wonder if they'll get stuff sort of, you know, sent to them if they'll still have links into Nintendo. Because that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, we will find out. Next up, No Man's Sky has been in development for two years. So this is one of the announcements at the Nintendo Direct. You can hear all about our thoughts on that at our Nintendo direct february 2022 special episode which you can listen to right now uh, well after this episode obviously and uh, this one um this is great news because this is a game that has changed massively in the time since it was released what 2016 or whatever it was originally released and it's also a game that i think if you're going to get it on the switch and you're going to do it well and do it justice two years of development seems minimal and that is great that we're at a point now where they've already put in that two years of work, Anton. Yeah, you know, there'll be a lot of teams that, you know, turn around games within two years' time. So, 
just two years dedicated on a port makes me feel optimistic that it will be a good port. I think generally we were all fairly impressed with the the standard of the trailer that they showed at the Nintendo Direct. And yeah, you know, I, to be honest, looking back, I can't even recall if No Man's Skies, the original version that came out on PlayStation 4, had quite as long a development time. So uh, I'm hoping that we'll have a quality product here. Yeah, I do find it interesting because I think I made reference to the fact the original game came out on the other platforms and I think 2016 off the top of my head. So that's six years ago, which means for four years they were never considering the Switch. So I do wonder why at the four-year mark they thought, maybe we could do a Switch. I don't know if maybe they'd always planned it, I think taking a while to get around to it because they were trying to fix the previous game or yeah. if they looked to see what Nintendo was doing with a Pro and thought, hmm, well, maybe we could do it on a Pro and then that didn't materialise so they had to scale it back. Or indeed, if that was just a random thing, they just suddenly thought, here's a challenge, yeah. let's go do that. My theory is twofold. I think, first of all, I think they had a lot to fix on that first game from launch. And I think that was the priority for a while, uh, just getting it getting it good. And then secondly, I think as well, it's a lot to do with uh, the, the capabilities of the Switch in terms of knowing what it is capable of. We know a lot more about what the Switch can do now compared to even two years ago when you look at some of the ports we've had in the last couple of years that have been successful. I think the Witcher port changed a lot of things for a lot of people as well. I think when they saw that the Witcher could be done, it kind of opened up doors for other companies to go, mm, maybe we could do something. So I think it's probably a combination. And I don't think it's anything to do with them not being interested because if they're interested now and have been developing it for two years, they probably were thinking about it for a year or two before that, but just waiting for the right time. And then your first couple of years is just fixing it. That's my theory. I don't know, Anton, if I'm way off. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot to that. You know, they had a lot to fix. And then even when they got to that stage, when I believe it was uh, the next update, when they also then brought it to Xbox One, which was probably a more comparable port for them, um, they've went beyond and beyond with future updates on top of that. And I think the thing to bear in mind now is the picking order has changed in the industry. You know, we've went from two consoles that, you know, I think that were, you know, miles and miles and miles ahead of the you know the Nintendo Switch to the Nintendo Switch being kind of what 100 million and then I think there's like like the both the Xbox and PlayStation 5 are under I believe 25 million each um I, I'm not correct 100% sure on the numbers there but you know the Switch is top dog now when it comes to the 10th generation yeah and you got the the figures there, Al. I know you're you're looking at them up. I can see you with the look in your face. <laughs> I was. It just suddenly dawned on me the fact there was that whole big news uh, that we it happened while we were off uh, off air, for want of a better word, about the uh, the Switch outselling the Wii. And I thought, oh, I wonder what that number was again. Yeah. So the Switch, uh, the the Wii in its lifetime sold 101.63 million units, and the Switch as of December had sold 103.54 million units, which is a staggering uh, undertaking. It's it's just mind boggling. I never thought that anything that Nintendo did would really come close to, you know, pushing the Wii off its top spot. But yeah. it has, in such a short space of time. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's um, it's amazing, actually. When you think about it, it's pretty incredible. And they also celebrated the Nintendo Direct by also just a couple of days before announcing a brand new sale. There's a thousand games on sale in the eShop. If you want to get our thoughts on some of the best ones, um, then definitely become a Patreon and listen to our Roundup episode, which will be available around about now for our Patreons. But there are some really good sales in there. There's a couple of gems that I would definitely recommend. Um, one of the biggest discounts is on the XCOM collection, which is down from its full price to $3.99, which is ridiculous, by the way. Um, but there's loads of others in there and some real quality games for very, very cheap. I found myself picking up a few this week and going, oh, yeah, great price. <laughs> so uh, definitely watch out. If you if you don't want to spend money, don't look in the eShop. If you do want to spend some money and pick up some new games, it's actually overwhelming the amount of games there, Anton. Yeah, and I think what is notable is not only do they have this vast quantity of games, is we have a lot of the first-party Nintendo stuff, which doesn't go on sale quite as often as a lot of the indies. So if you're wanting to pick up a big AAA Nintendo game for probably around £33, this is the time to do it. There are far too many opportunities on there to lose your money. Just give it away because it's it's it is a really good sale. We often get really good sales, but this is probably one of the best that we've had. I would say. Yeah, there's a lot of games that are equaling their best ever 
price and a lot of games that are at their best ever price and um, too many to, to go into now but do become a patron and listen to our roundup because we do the deals every two weeks we'll tell you exactly what you should be buying physical and digital and it's dangerous. Next up, Philip Nemechek has released the Switch Buddy app. It's an easier way to send photos to your smartphone. That's kind of cool, Anton. Yeah, so if you've ever used the send to smartphone button on the Nintendo Switch, it's a bit clunky. There's mobile QR codes and you do all that effort and it takes you to a kind of primitive website that's not very good. Uh, this is much nicer. It's a nice slick app app for iOS and Android and it has a much cleaner UI. You can save them very easy both to your files app, you can save it internally to the app itself so it's on separate storage, it's separate from your own camera roll or to your camera roll. It's really handy especially if you like to share a lot of game clips on social media and don't want to use the built-in Twitter integration or Facebook integration built into the Switch. Very nice, very simple app. Nobody was asking for it to be honest. But I'm glad that somebody found a kind of problem and built a fairly robust solution. Are you telling me Nintendo developed a less than ideal solution to a very, very simple problem that someone else didn't have to go and fix and do a better version of? Absolutely. They even made a little <laughs> logo for the app. It's got more utility than Nintendo Switch app normally has. <laughs> I mean, can't Nintendo just do things sensibly the first time around? I don't know. I d- it does feel sometimes you just think, come on, it's Nintendo. You've got enough money. You can do this, but... Yeah, well done to Philip Nemechek. Right, it is time for this week's rumours. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Okay, so, uh, just the one kind of major rumour to talk about this week, and just another reminder, I mentioned it already, but the Nintendo Direct February 2022 special, go check it out. And also last week's episode as well, if you haven't listened to that one too, there's a bunch of stuff in there that we talk about pre-Direct, so if you've not listened yet, worth checking in with that one too because there's heaps of other stuff that we haven't mentioned this week but our big rumour this week is that Microsoft President Brad Smith has said that moving forward from the Activision Blizzard deal he would like to see Call of Duty remain on PlayStation Plus and would like to bring it to Nintendo devices we'd like to bring the other popular titles that Activision has all I can hear in my head is Activision and ensure that they continue to be available on PlayStation and that they become available on Nintendo I kind of think this could be Um, this could happen. I also think that it would be really interesting to see what they do with the Call of Duty franchise on the Switch. Would they create something... Uh, would they create something unique for it? Would they just port something over? Would they... How would they do it, Anton? Because I just... I know I could totally get behind this, but it's it's a difficult one because you've got so many people who are so specifically into uh, Call of Duty that you're not going to get a lot of the serious gamers that will compete coming to Nintendo Switch to play Call of Duty. So do you create something else in its own infrastructure or do you just go for it and just, you know, let them join the world of craziness? Yeah, you know, this is a very interesting move um, or merger once this deal goes through or if it goes through because we have Microsoft, which although probably not in the, the most prime position to be considering Switch ports, have considered a Switch very well and treated it very nicely with some really good ports and then we have Activision that has tons of games that would work very nicely in the Switch and hasn't ported most of them and when they have haven't always done the best job and when it comes to how they could port Call of Duty to the Nintendo Switch I think we kind of have three main avenues the first one would be the the hardest and toughest one to do uh, just from a storage size capacity alone would be bringing Call of Duty Warzone their flagship title to Nintendo Switch that would be a very very hard port nevertheless the fact that it's over 120 gigabytes or something ridiculous it's a huge title the slightly disappointing move could be them porting Call of Duty Mobile to Nintendo Switch with you know actual full controls which to be fair Call of Duty Mobile is a very well handled title with some very aggressive microtransactions don't get me wrong but it's a fairly well put together games and kind of it's I guess Call of Duty Black Ops 2 era in quality Uh, and then we have the third option which would be the Ubisoft method of you know putting together some collections you know do a Modern Warfare collection do a Black Ops collection do you know a World War 2 collection get 1, 2 and 3 on the Switch you know these are great you know great titles that have great campaigns and you know some multiplayer that they could just run as you know its own separate community that would work very well Um, you know I know 
Call of Duty Black Ops 2 on Nintendo Wii U had a fairly vibrant community by the Wii U standards and similarly on the Wii, people really used to love that title. You know, yeah. um, I believe it was Modern Warfare 3 was the most up-to-date version on that platform because you had the motion controls and you could aim and look independently. So we've got three different approaches that they could take out. They, we do. It will be interesting to see which one they go for. And to be fair, they also have just a vast library of other games, but certainly Activision have not done too badly bringing a lot of games to the Switch already. I mean, we've got, I think, well, we've got Spyro, we've got the Tony Hawk's games, we've got uh, 1 and 2, they eventually came out on the Switch, we've got uh, Crash Bandicoot. So there is a fair uh, offering of their library on the Switch already. It would be interesting to see if it's just really the Call of Duty ones that they're thinking of, or if they genuinely are trying to figure out which other games could be brought over to the platform, which would work. I just, uh, I really hope they don't go down your despised cloud gaming route, Mike. Mm. I don't I don't think for Call of Duty, they could, I, I don't think that would work because I think as soon as you introduce... You need response times. Yeah, and I think that's where the issue is going to be is that, yes, you could... Um, you could. It's, it's interesting. One thing I didn't even realise could happen on Game Pass on Xbox, and I know we're not an Xbox podcast, but what was interesting was that I didn't realise, but because I've got 4G internet, I can't download anything right now. But what I didn't realise was that I can stream those games, so I can play them as streaming. I didn't actually realise that until I had to do it. And I was like, that's actually quite cool that there's the option for both. And I wonder if that could be the future of a Nintendo service that makes more sense, where there are options to to, to stream and download. But of course, you don't get... The problem is when you get the AAA titles that are really, you know, high grade, it's difficult to... You know, you're not going to necessarily be able to port them. So it is going to be interesting what they do with this. I, I do think you're onto something, though, Anton, in, in that back catalogue. I also think there's the potential there for its own kind of world of people that are really into it on the Switch itself. As you say, motion controls being a big reason. I think it could be really well done on the, on the Switch. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to happen, though. I really do. I think everybody's... I think we're going to see some really unlikely ports this is going to be the year of the unlikely ports and we'll still not have persona by the end of the year <laughs> Tell me now. full circle to our first episode i'm telling you right now okay uh it is time for the quiz i have so many questions it is indeed uh last time around mike mike won actually so he's currently two nil to anton i actually won three nil wow not that i want to like remind everyone but i did actually really win you did. You did. You did really, really, genuinely thrash him, which I don't think has yeah. ever happened before. I don't must yeah. be having an off day. It can't have been that Mike was good. Nah, I, I wasn't even the right postcode. You know, I was, I was off. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, Anton. I'm taking it well. It's it. But the one thing that's concerning me is my connection. I'm really worried that when I go to answer something, the connection conks out, and then Anton answers it in the interim. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you think you are? A Formula One driver getting your uh, excuses in up front. <laughs> right, come on then. Cats oh, eating dear. my answers, Al. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> come on then, Al. Come on then, Al. Let's see what you got. Okay, we've got a bit of a theme this week. Let's see if you guys can figure it out. The uh, the first game is a 1991 2D action platformer. That's all I'm giving you. Mega Man X. Nope. Really funny. I was going to go Mega Man, but I'm going to go Bubsy Bobcat. <laughs> No, uh, it was originally on the NES. Um, Super Mario All Stars. No, on the NES. Oh, that was on NES. All Stars. I meant All Stars Collection, but I meant like the, the collection Still, of games. No, <laughs> uh, Kirby's Adventure. Nope. Uh, this was released by Victor Music Industries in Japan and by JVC Musical Industries in North America and Europe. Uh, Toe Jam and Arrow I did this answer last week Um, (laughs) I can see where you're going with that though I don't know Uh, 1991 Um, 1991 God that's really going back some Alex Kidd Nope (laughs) Well it was released on the Game Boy Where it was adapted by NMS Software And published by Capcom But they also had a version on the Game Gear And the Master System It was a port that followed in 1993 By uh, Tiertex Design And was published by US Gold Um, Californian Games? Nope Great game that by the way I have a couple of versions of that somewhere Um, Poyo Poyo Nope the Game Gear has an exclusive level, and actually a couple of exclusive levels in it, interestingly enough. Uh, yeah, and I'll leave it there. I'll give you one more clue after this. Um, 
Could could I ask for a repeat of the genre, please? It was a 2D action platformer. Mm. Was it Home Alone? No, but you're getting closer. It is a movie tie-in. Um, is it Indiana Jones? No, but again, you're getting closer. Let's see which one of you can get this now. The NES and the Game Boy versions were re-released in 2019 in both standard and collector's physical editions by Limited Run Games with the permission of Disney and Lucasfilm. Lion King. No. Um, Star Wars. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> Can't give it for just Star Wars. That's the name of the game. It is called oh. Star Wars, Mike. Right. I was going to give it a subtitle as well. <laughs> no, the game was itself. just called Star Wars. All right, that was yeah. it. There were subsequent sequels with other names, but that one was called Star Wars. Well done, Anton. <laughs> okay, so you've got the first one. So, as I said, there's a bit of a theme. Let's see if you can figure this one out. 1994 action beat-em-up. Um, 1994 action beat-em-up. The, the Simpsons Arcade. Nope. Mortal Kombat. It is not. This one was, oh, it was in a lot of places. It was in the NES, the SNES, the Mega Drive, the Game Boy, the Game Gear, Amiga, and DOS. Wow. NES, you say? Yep. Hmm. WWE wrestling. WWF wrestling, it would have been at that time. Well, also, no. (laughs) Is it Final Fight? It's not. It, it, so it was developed by a bunch of different people, but it was developed by Teeny Weeny Games on the NES. Uh, it was developed by Bit Studio, and the Dome did the DOS version. What kind of game did you say it was? It's a beat 'em up. It was published by so- uh, Sony Image Soft, and uh, I'm going to guess it's pronounced Pygnosis. P S Y G N O S I S. What did it come out on? <laughs> it came out in 1994 on the NES, the SNES, the Mega Drive, the Game Boy, the Game Gear, Amiga, and DOS. Um, Primal Rage? No. Was it... Um, was it... Uh, Bill and Ted? No, but it was based on a 1993 film of the same name. Mm-hmm. I know what the tie-in is now, but I don't know what the flipping game was. Um, <laughs> to start be- listing off 1993 movies beat him up um, yep Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles no Shredders whatever nope um, Terminator 3 <sighs> no Terminator no. 2 Judgment Day no but you are getting much much closer oh. uh, there were versions Robocop. planned for the Sega CD and the Master System but they were never released and Mike is wrong Anton uh, Terminator versus <laughs> Robocop. Nope. <clears throat> the MS-DOS version had uh, full motion video cutscenes from the movie. Oh, wow. Last Action Hero. Ding, 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 ding! Mike gets it! Wow. <laughs> well, I love... Apparently, in the NES version, there is, they have like an original element that's not in any other version, and it's on the back, on the stage in the background, there's someone called Danny Madigan. I don't know who that is. Their version of the classic Shakespeare play Hamlet in the back of the wow. game, back of the game. <laughs> but yeah, this game was roundly panned. Amiga Action called it utter trash, uh, and game players, uh, which apparently is a magazine, called the SNES version a uh, dull, lifeless, and frustration-filled fighting game. Do you know who it was produced by? Uh, don't know. LGN. It was produced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say maybe Arnie, <laughs> considering he's in it. <laughs> Yeah, he produced it. Oh wow! Okay, I mean that. <sighs> All right. was, that was a ter- It wasn't a great film anyway. I mean, it's even now. Well, no, even then it wasn't great. But um, you know, certainly not for the money they spent. Yeah. Yeah, it, w- it was pretty bad all around. Okay, well, that means this is this is good fun. I can't remember the last time we went into a closer to the flag with uh, with it all up to play for. Normally, one of you has won by now. So let's see. <laughs> no, normally Anton has won by now. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> Well, you say that, but it was very, very uh, equal last year. I can't remember who won actually last year. Now it was, was like a point and a half in it, or something. But yes, I also got two points for a win, Al. So let's not kid ourselves. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Trying to be kind to you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, right. So uh, in that case, I want Anton to go first. What year did Sonic the Hedgehog Game World come out? Um, okay. nineteen ninety-five. It's 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 Anton and it's Sonic, and you're letting him go first. Of course, he's going to get it. I will go for 96. 
You went the wrong way, Mike. If you'd said 1994, you would have been correct. Oh, come on. <laughs> it was 1994 on the, on the Sega Pico. Have you done oh. a prequel on the Sega Pico before? No, it oh, is you... one on the to-do list. It's yeah, a, a bizarre it console. Very so. bizarre one to do. So if you are a patron and you get access to the prequel episodes, Anton and Mike usually uh, investigate some very weird and wonderful consoles from the past. And some mainstream ones, to be fair. And uh, yeah, at some point, the Sega Pico will make an appearance and you can learn all about it. Mm-hmm. Well done, Anton. I mean, I don't have a clue about that game whatsoever, so that I don't feel like a lot. I felt like Anton was worth the win just because he knows his stuff when it comes to to Sonic. So, yeah, that that I, you know, it feels like a, a dirty win, but I'm going to own it anyway. <laughs> Sega Pika games. I have to know about it. I I have this knowledge stuck in this mind. Um, I'm taking the win. <laughs> But he did get the wrong year, Mike. He didn't get it right. True. He, did, he didn't actually get it right. And actually, I'm pretty proud of the way that I've started this season. So I'm okay with that at the moment. So yes, Yeah, you're well still 2-1 done. in the lead. You're good. Yeah, well, I kind of feel like, I wonder if we should just make it equal to start with and see how we go. How we just? Why don't we just do that? Let's just do that. It's 1-1, one, one, Anton. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mike is feeling brave. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna okay. Change, well, hey, I'm you've made your bed mind. now. I'm going to change you've my mind. You've made your bed. You're going to have to sleep in it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to stick with this. This sounds like a bad plan. Who came up with this idea? Whose foolish idea was this? Um, that is about it for this week. Thank you so much for all your support as we start season four uh, with, well, with a bang because we've had loads of stuff to talk about, loads of content as well. If you haven't listened to the other stuff, go listen. Come and join us as a Patreon as well. Uh, remember, everything we do is just because we enjoy doing it. Al, anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, if you haven't already checked out our YouTube, go and have a look at YouTube. We've got some fantastic reviews on there. To be fair, some of them I've done, they're not so good. But we've got tons of others by other people who also help support the show. So go along to YouTube, uh, just look for Nintendo Switch UK Podcast and find all our coolest reviews. What's the newest one that's gone up, Anton? Indeed, yeah, we had a review out yesterday uh, for Luna's Fishing Vis- uh, Village. Um, yeah, it's a cute little wee indie darling. The devs reached out after the review. They were quite charmed by the content. So yeah, Give it a wee glance. Uh, I'm trying to get a review out uh, about every week, so there there should be more content. And when we get review codes in, there'll probably be more than one a week. So, yeah, so slowly growing space. Feedback is much appreciated, and who knows, might expand into other sorts of content in due time. Yeah, cool. Uh, remember, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're everywhere else in the world. Uh, well, not everywhere else, actually. We're not in many other places, but you can email us as well. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Have a good week gaming. Enjoy your week. We will see you soon. Goodbye. Cheerio. Or fire.